1: right welcome back everybody sports talk saturday joining me now on the western hotline my good pal the man the myth the legend what else um very handsome very successful um the toast of richmond avenue um soon they will there will be a bust of his face at the essex street pub his name is joe Yerdin. welcome good morning joe how are you my friend
2: Morning, Nate. That's uh, I. I don't know that I've ever gotten such a uh, such a warm opening to the show. I don't know. You've set the bar very high for yourself. If I should ever come back on the on the program,
1: well, that's that's it. Listen, I, I recognize um, that my the you know the bounty that you charge me every time you're on this show like isn't enough. So I was just like I better be really nice so next time uh, he he doesn't you know his his accountant doesn't invoice me the the same amount. Like I'm trying to get the, the hometown friendly discount. You know.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, listen, you know, next time it'll just be uh it'll just be a blue light as opposed hey. to a uh you know, a super premium IPA.
1: That that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, like maybe Miller High Life or something. Yeah, no, no oh, doubt. Okay. <laughs> Joe. The champagne um, and beers, you know. Yes, the champagne and beers, exactly. That like it's, it's it's all about class. We're all classy over here. Um So yeah, let's talk a little bit about last night. Um I am of the mind that Jeff Skinner's gonna probably not be playing the game tonight.
2: Yeah, I think that's a, I, I, that seems like a pretty safe bet. Uh, I don't really, I never know what to expect from players. Yeah, safety. you're right. Um, but he was assessed a match penalty, which is automatic one game suspension upon review, of course. So, I mean, there's a possibility that you know, players safety could talk to him and be like, you know what, we, we gave you a five minute major, your team lost in overtime because of it. Maybe that's punishment enough, or maybe that would be one of two games that they might have thought they would suspend him for. So. I think it's going to be it's going to be at least 1. If it's more than that, I'm I might actually be a little surprised. If it's less than that, I'd probably be surprised but less so.
1: Yeah, and listen, I mean you you go back and watch that play and like yeah, it's it's a dangerous play, not one that I would say I would condone and I certainly don't if it was the other way around, I feel like I would still want some some level of suspension, some level um but again, like to your point, the league, it's just so hard to predict because a case in case out basis, there really is no level of consistency that the league takes when they're talking about player safety. But like having said that, I, I do think that if you're looking at Jeff Skinner, you're looking at a guy that does not really have like a history of, you know, sort of dangerous plays on the ice and maybe that plays in his favor.
2: Yeah, he I mean he does have he does have a record granted the rec his, his other suspension was in 2012. Uh yeah, 2012 when he was with Carolina. Uh and he got two games for kicking St- Scott Nickel. So, uh a, a bit of a violent history, I guess, but uh but he's not a not a first-time offender certainly, but that's uh, that, that's not an offense that will be hold against, held against him. It's just something that might get a casual mention uh in the suspension video should he get one. So, um. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. There, there is no history. I mean, he's not a frequent offender, uh, and he's certainly not known for doing this kind of stuff. And uh, honestly, I mean, you know, I, listen, I, I'm not going to point it. You know, put any blame on you know officiating for how the game turned out last night, but th- th- things got a little bit. They did. Sketchy. So. Uh, you know, it, it kind of bubbles up to that point. Certainly, when you have a couple, yeah, not just Jay Gensel but you know, Ricard Raquel also taking a chop at, at Anderson. while he's got the got the puck covered. Yep. I mean, it's 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 gonna get some kind of retribution. But this is tonight's the last time Pittsburgh and Buffalo play each other, unless somehow there's a playoff uh, right. a playoff series in the future. But um but tonight's the last time and I, I gotta you know unless they really want to up the drama quotient then they won't suspend Skinner but I got a funny feeling he's gonna get he's gonna sit tonight
1: you know t- t- tell me kind of like what you thought overall it's kind of early for this series to just be over which I, I I've yeah. thought that they've been some of the most entertaining games I, these are two closely matched teams Joe
2: mm-hmm. yeah and they're, they're they're kind of at the opposite ends yes. of the spectrum right now you know Pittsburgh's an older team it's <laughs> Very obvious. I mean, Jeff, you know, Jeff Carter scores the, the game winner last night. Jeff Carter feels like he's been around forever. You know, you know, Crosby's Crosby and Malkin are both in their, you know, mid thirties, you know, Chris Letang, who didn't play last night. Cause he had a, had a stroke a week ago uh, also, you know, in that sort of elevated age range. And well, I mean, Jake Ensel's the new guy around, but he's 29, 30 years old or something like that. I think, I don't know. I might have my ages wrong there, but, but their top talent is, is older. Um, and you saw Buffalo kind of take it to him with, you know, with the fast skating, really pressed them. I mean, yep. he's the, the first period and a half, two periods, Pittsburgh was hemmed in constantly. And it was every line from Buffalo that was doing it. And it was you know, even Crosby's lines getting stuffed in their own zone by, you know, by, uh, what was it, Jost, Staten and, and Olson. So, I mean, it's, everybody was on point for Buffalo last night. It's just, it's it's an unfortunate uh, result. But, I mean, th- they're pretty close. I mean, Pittsburgh's been playing great. And Tristan Jari played a great game last night. He did. Night. Uh, and he's been fantastic for the last, he's I think month or so. So I mean, there there are things. I mean, Pittsburgh's been playing good. They started off the season a little slow, but they're playing good now. But I mean, Buffalo's been right there with them. So uh, it's it's funny that they're so evenly matched. But I I don't know. I look back to Buffalo's you know, the, the eight game losing streak there when you know ha- you know three quarters of the defense was out injured. You know maybe that, that's kind of a separator right now with these teams.
1: Yeah, and like I think that first period just to kind of build on what you're talking about like it it felt like the sabers could have been up 3 nothing i mean that especially yeah. early in that game i mean shots at one point i think were like 13 to 3 um but also a lot of that goes to I think something that I've heard Don Granado talk about before is when you can create pressure consistently, that mm-hmm. leads to relieving pressure off of your blue line and off of your defense. And you kind of saw that yesterday, and they were suffocating every time that Pittsburgh got a break out the other way, and they were able to finally find possession. Like, mm-hmm. I-, I thought that the Sabres defense didn't matter who was out there, even like the Casey Fitzgerald and Jacob Bryson line. Still, it it felt like they were suffocating, and they were getting pucks. They were getting to loose pucks, getting them on the stick of somebody else quickly on an outlet pass and out of the zone. And there just was so many limited chances in that first period. And then things obviously opened up in the second, which you 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 do assume in these games. Like that first period was a lot of feeling out, but I thought the Sabers dominated. I, I thought if you look at like if they look at this game in two halves, Joe, the mm-hmm. Sabers really dominated the first half of play in that game.
2: Yeah, no, they absolutely did, and it was it was a little bit of a it may have been a little bit of a shell shock for Pittsburgh because you know because Buffalo did press them so hard. You no, know, their first matchup this year wasn't quite like this. It was it was not like that, and I I'm trying to think if that was in the middle of that eight game streak, but um, but it was a different different pace of play in that game. Last night was a which was a much higher octane uh, performance out of Buffalo, and yeah, they they they, they ran Pittsburgh around quite a bit you know, things get a little bit, you know, get a little bit more physical and Pittsburgh made adjustments. Don't, don't think that uh, Mike Sullivan, Mike Sullivan's one of the best coaches in the NHL mm-hmm. period. Um, and he knows how to get his team to adjust and he knows how to make adjustments and they're veterans. It's a veteran squad, so they know what they're doing. Um, so they were able to, to make adjustments to what Buffalo was doing. And then, you know, some penalties happen, you know, questionable or not both sides, whatever it's, you know, the, the, the special teams can change the game, but but even last night, I, I, Buffalo's PK was, was pretty strong. Yes, I mean, it was. I mean, never mind. I mean, never mind, you know, it's a four-on-three power play in overtime where, you know, they got to kill <laughs> – they had to kill like nine-tenths of the period to even have a shot to, to, to get it to even strength. But, uh, but, it, yeah, but everything was, was going right for the most part. And I know Pittsburgh's power play still scored a couple of goals, but Saban's PK was played very well, I thought.
1: The uh the soothing sounds of Joe Yurden uh, there on our West Hur Hotline, noted hockey substack, the maintenance day podcast with Lance Lakowski and he's also a bleacher report contributor as well. Joining us talk a little sabers last night. Let's kind of fast forward to tonight, Joe, because I, I I look at this and I say, Okay, you know, they got the best of the Sabres yesterday. The Sabres end up pulling a point out. If they can turn this little home and home into a three-point Sort of uh, soiree. It feels like a pretty big win for the Sabers, considering I liked their chances in a back-to-back against a team as old as the Pittsburgh uh, Penguins.
2: Yeah, and Buffalo, Buffalo historically kind of plays pretty well in Pittsburgh.
1: You know, it, it, it's
2: funny because Pittsburgh's been so good for so long, and you know the Sabers, of course, have not been very good for so long. Uh, but that, but those games in Pittsburgh are a different sort of tone, and I, I have no explanation for it. Other than they, they get they get up for these games, uh, which makes sense. You know, it's it's a loud crowd. Pittsburgh fans are, are wild. We know that already. Uh, and those the players feed off of it. But Buffalo guys get up for that game. Get up for these games, and they're going to be up for this one tonight. Believe me. After what happened uh, late in the third period last night, they're going to be fired up for it. You know what? Don Granado said last night. He's very okay with that. You know, if it gets the guys gets the guys ready and pumped up for the game, then that's good. But uh, but this it's uh, but the young legs can have can have an effect uh and you know both teams are going to be putting their backup guys out there i uh, presumably yep. i mean uh casey DeSmith smith for pittsburgh and i believe the smith played the first game against buffalo this year and uh lukanen for, for buffalo tonight so could be a little bit more open could be a little bit more uh could be a little bit more interesting we'll see but but certainly with with young legs and being able to do that and some presumably somebody else is coming into the lineup for for buffalo tonight whether it's Rosa or Asplund coming in for Skinner. We'll see what we'll see what the line matchups look like, but uh, it's going to be it's, it's it's one where speed and youth should be able to have an advantage on Pittsburgh.
1: This feels like a great opportunity, Joe, to see what Peyton Krebs could do in a situation on a line, on a wing with Tage Thompson, and and and, and for me, anyways, Alex Tuck. Like it, like it feels like this is an opportunity. He scores the other night in the nine four romping, and uh, you know he's finally starting to maybe catch a stride. Like maybe this is a good opportunity just to to see what he looks like in extended offensive minutes. No.
2: Yeah, no, I agree with that, um, because, I mean, finding somebody to replace Skinner on the top line is extremely difficult, and I don't think they want to touch that. No, you know, I don't CDQ either. Line, I don't think they want to touch that, or uh, uh, <laughs> what did Jody Biasi call them, the Legion of Zoom? I think Which last night.
1: might be the best, yeah, that might be the best it nickname might, I've heard. Might be the
2: winner, but uh, whatever you want to call them, I, I, I don't know you want to break that one up, um, although you could say you can move Krebs with those, with two of those guys and then, you know, move one of them up, whether it's, you know, it's Paterka or Quinn or whatever, but um, you, you could do that. I think Krebs is much better at center, but, you know, listen, it's, it's, a one game, it's a one game thing to do, who cares, you know, figure it out. You know, you can, you can get things taken care of from there and, and, and get it done. But, um, but I don't know I, the way, and since I, I, I assume fans don't want to hear this, but the way Middlesat and Olsson played last night, probably the best game in a, in a couple yep. of weeks for both of them. Uh, maybe you move one of those guys up into that spot just to say, hey, listen, you earned it last night. Let's see what you can do in the, in, in this spot. So, uh, you know, I mean, Middlestad had, what, three assists? Olsen gets a goal. So good night for those guys. But it's uh, it'll be very interesting to see how they how Don wants to set that up.
1: Yeah, and I'm, and I'm glad you brought up Olsen and Middlestad because, yeah, I mean, obviously Middlestad finishes yesterday on top of the score sheet, three points, three assists yesterday. Um, and it was maybe less about, you know, the score sheet as much as it was just every time they were on the ice it felt like there was some level of offensive impact and when mm-hmm. Victor Olofsson's on the ice I mean that's what you have him there for you're not you're not you know no one's selling themselves that Victor Olofsson is some sort of two-way forward um, but you know and that's kind of always why I envisioned the best version of that line could really look something you know with like Asplund on a wing and Middlestad at center but I like what Jost has brought to that line. Like, he's brought this calming effect of a guy that can play both ways, um, does not – I think he's got a little bit more offensive juice than Asplund does, and maybe that's why there's a better fit there. I, I'm not here to tell you, Joe, that I think they've figured out their third-line situation moving forward, but I'm here to tell you that it is better with Jost there than without him.
2: Yeah, and, and I mean, Jost has skill. I mean, that's, that's the thing. I mean, he's, he's being used in more of a defensive manner uh here i mean he's playing he's playing more time in the pk uh certainly with with Middlestad and Olson, olsen he's the guy that's gonna mind that's gonna mind the shop on defense um he's he's that's that's kind of the role that he played in colorado a little bit i mean he wasn't in minnesota too long but that's kind of what he was doing there too but um but he's a guy that knows how to do that side of the, that side of the job but can also he could pass it. I mean, the, the pass he hits to Olsen with last night where it's all, yeah, that was beauty enter the back door. I mean, he puts it, puts it right. I mean, nutmegs one of the, uh, the penguins players, you know, passes it right between his legs. And the only guy who saw Olson coming was, was Crosby and Crosby was too late to react to it because by the, by the time he saw Olsen breaking in that, he was, he did one of those, Oh crap moves and yep. tried to dive and knock it away and didn't get to it. So it's, it's a welcome change. Now, I don't know if it's been noticeable from fans or whatever, but Krebs and Jost have switched off on their lines pretty regularly. Yeah. Uh, And I I think, I don't know if it's by period or what, I I should be tracking these things. Um, But it's, uh, it it is noticeable. And I think it, I noticed it last night because Jost was on that line. uh, Or yeah, Jost was on the line with uh, Middlestat and um, uh, Olofsson in the second period where it's the long change. So maybe that's a factor in it. You know, I, I don't know. I, I, I have to look into it a little closer. Or maybe it's just that's not. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's what I'll do. Do that this afternoon. But um, but it, it, it's, it, it's, it's very good to see Jost just kind of fit in the way he, that he has. Because I mean, he's a guy looking to win, you know, to earn a new opportunity. It's a new team. Been a pretty tumultuous year for him. I mean, he gets traded off the eventual Stanley Cup champions at the trade deadline to a team that didn't win the Stanley Cup. So, I mean, that's yeah, it's I tough tough to swallow.
1: Yeah, it's tough. There's no doubt about that. I And listen, I think this is a good transition point before I ask you about uh, football and before I ask you about your, your beloved Detroit Lions. Who, by the way, I've, I've got some feelings that I want to share with you. Uh, before I do that, I, I do want to just kind of ask you your thoughts on – you know, where this team is now, because I, I think that there was this level of expectation, maybe inflated expectations after the October start. And we've done this in years past with the Sabres. Like, we know that these Octobers turned into lousy Novembers, and we saw exactly that. But the thing we haven't seen in years past is. The ability to fight out of it, and I've been impressed with this team's resolve and getting out of what I think was something that every other team in the last five to seven to eight years, an eight-game losing streak in the middle of November, all but dooms this team. They don't come out of it. They don't <laughs> bail back. The The water comes on, and there's no there's no teamwork and no bucketing of that water to get out, to just get back to even. This team is a game away from getting back to even, and they're the highest-scoring team in hockey. If you're Kevin Adams, how do you balance the desire to look at what they're doing and try to infuse some level of additional talent? And 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 do you wait or or do you say like right now this team clearly needs another goaltender and you know whether there is available guys out there or not and or does this team need another maybe legitimate a third legitimate defenseman? I think these are all good questions. I guess the question for you Joe is How do you decide, if you're Kevin Adams, what to do based on maybe success earlier happening than you thought and and maybe using what Tim Murray did as a cautionary tale of getting ahead of yourself in a rebuild? I don't... I just, for me, Joe, they didn't have a guy like Tage Thompson. They didn't have a bona fide second line of guys that are 22 and younger. Um, Mm -hmm. There are signs that this team is not a temporary flash in the pan. There are signs that they need help. And I think that that those signs of needing help maybe outweigh wanting to be patient.
2: It's funny you say all this because if this was, what, 2017, and and I would have swore you were talking about, uh, or in 2017, 2018, the first year, Sean McDermott's first year with the Bills. Yeah, right. It's 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 a similar it's similar, but it's not because the Bills were actually in a playoff spot uh, in the middle of the season. The Sabers are not right now, um, but they have with all of these young guys and everything. There there is a plan in place, certainly, uh, for what Kevin Adams wants to do. And I'm not going to call it the process. I don't want to get any trust the process <laughs> nonsense out there. But but there is there there is a you can see it down the line you can see all these young guys in rochester that are the 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 wheel is turning now for those guys you know they got they've gotten adjusted to that league now the points are coming so like everything that we saw last year when everybody was screaming to get quinn and Paterka up here you know in november december whatever it was and they're like you got to get them up here we got to get them up here we need the goals need the goals and they didn't come up here (laughs) they didn't come up here at all because the plan was in place to they they need those games in Rochester. They need those games at the top of the lineup. So the answer is not going to come from within this season. If you want to change it up from the outside, you're I think it's a drastic change in what the, the idea is yeah. of what you want to do. And I, I think that's one where the the expect I, I assume I, I you know everybody's going to say we want to win the Stanley Cup every year. Okay, fine. But the expectation I think was certainly not to be in a playoff spot already. And this, you know, if you get to that get to that place and things are going in the right direction and you have it there for you. Okay. You make a push for it. But I don't think you go out of your way right now to really kind of upset the apple cart with it. So I, I think, I think, you know, they, they, they have an idea of what they want to do and what they want to, how they want to play it out. Obviously the fans want to, you know, say, you know, forget it, just go for the playoffs, go for it now. Um, and, you know, goaltending is a question. Defensive depth is an issue, whatever. Those are things that can be addressed down the line. Now, are, obviously, there's guys out there that can change that up. You know, Jacob Chikorin, rumors are all over yep, the place. Yep. You know, that's 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 the big fish out there. And the, the, the Sabres have the pieces to make a trade like that if they want to. And if they can, if, if they so see it. Um, but, you know, Adams isn't a guy that's going to make a rash action. He's not going to just kind of fly off and say, oh, that that's out there. Let me go get it. You know, Tim Murray is the guy that would have done that. And it kind of backfired on them. But uh, but there's but the plan that they have in place, I don't see a move like that right now. If we get another month into the year and they're within like two, three, four points of a playoff spot, then I think the conversation changes.
1: Mm. Yeah, I like that. All right, Joe, this is time. Um, so let me tell you, let me give you my take, and then you can tell me if you think I'm borderline insane uh, because you just, you know better. Um, <laughs> I forget who I was listening to this week. Um, I was watching ESPN, and then I was listening to maybe it was Pablo Torre's podcast. Somebody's podcast. They started talking about the Lions and this Mm -hmm. like true belief that they're going to win out, and not only just win out and finish ten and seven, um, but you know like that means being a playoff team. And I'm I'm wondering, you know, keeping an eye on like similarly with the Sabers, right? Because it sort of feels like maybe those are two franchises that have awfully similar maybe paths forward here i mean just incredibly young at, at the most important positions and then you've got jared goff who i think right now is just playing at a high enough level i'm, I'm not here telling you he's playing a top five quarterback but he's playing like right. a top 10 top 12 quarterback i mean that's just reality mm-hmm. look at the numbers um yep. and when with a team like minnesota who is 10 and 2 with kirk cousins like this feels like if if the detroit really does and can beat the vikings this week I think a lot of people are going to turn their attention to what the Lions look like as a ten and seven playoff team and what they could potentially do in the playoffs. And, and I feel like, as, a, as as someone that has followed the team as long as you have, it's kind of feel pretty good that people are having open conversations about that and they're not ironic conversations.
2: Yeah, it's. It, yeah, I've allowed some hope to enter my heart, which is saying quite a bit. I, you know, I've loved the way the offense has played all season. You know, defense was the issue, but the second they fired the secondary coach. Everything changed.
1: Yeah, tell me. That, by the, way, that normal, no. by the way, that that's not normal. That's not normal, by the way.
2: No, it's no, it's very much not. If it was the entire defensive staff, I would have understood. But, uh, but just one little change like that, and maybe it's coincidence. I don't know, but it sure doesn't feel like a coincidence. Uh, they were the worst defensive team in the league, and now they're middle of the pack. Okay, <laughs> all right, like great change. Like, but that's what's got them back into it because they've been scoring points has never been the problem. Um, but you know, Jamison Williams just came back. Like his first game, he got a few snaps last week. I think if they beat Minnesota, the conversation changes quite a bit because the end of their schedule is very weak, and it's my here's how it plays out. They can win out, they'll lose the tie break for the playoffs <laughs> to Seattle. Why? Because they couldn't win a shootout game with Seattle earlier in the season, a forty eight forty five game where they couldn't stop anything. They Nate they couldn't have stopped you and me from connecting on twenty five yard oh, bombs all right. the whole game. So all right. hey, listen I, and I'm not fast and I'm old and I you know I'm you're a few years removed from your quarterback days. So a you know listen. So I mean
1: Yeah with that shoulder of yours, yeah, you would not be throwing to me, pal. No. That's that's not yeah, what no. would be happening.
2: No, no. So it's uh Lions history shows that, that that's the game that will decide it, and the last game of the year being in Green Bay, I know. Oh, oh, you know, it's it's like having it's the end boss. You know, yes. Like if, if it comes down to that game, the the history they have with Green Bay, I'm just I'm waiting for a 75 yard field goal with you know a 95 wind you know 95 mile an hour wind at their back to win it. <laughs> for Green Bay with one second left to, to, to keep Detroit from making the playoffs because that's how it goes. That's exactly how it always goes. I mean, Justin Tucker kicked like almost a 70-yarder against them last year to win it, and, you know, it's just don't get me. There's a 1,000 games that they've lost exactly like that, and this season is, is very much designed to have some 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 kind of looking back and going like,
1: geez, if they just did this yeah. one thing. Yeah that costs them. Well so, I hope that's not the case, Joe, because I
2: I hope not either, because I'll lose my mind again.
1: They're kind of turning into my my NFC team. And I feel like they were to start this season. I'm I root for Jared Goff's success. And I like Dan Campbell a lot. He has. Mm-hmm. I thought that the whole beginning shtick was kind of funny. And then you watch Hard Knocks and you realize just how genuine this dude is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, they're easy to root for. I'm I'm rooting for him. So I'm, I'm hoping for the best for you, buddy. Um, yeah. And uh, worst case <laughs> scenario, we'll, uh, we'll 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 drown our sorrows in, in week 18 if it doesn't work well, you know.
2: Well, look at it this way. Uh, I'm very upset Baker Mayfield is a Ram and that he got them a win because uh, that's that's a top five pick
1: for Detroit waiting to happen, and that's their that's the next quarterback in line. So if if Baker
2: w- has them win out, I'm going to be absolutely furious.
1: Yeah, that, that would be a tough pill to swallow. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> Baker Mayfield of all people, too. Yeah, right. Oh, God. All right, Joe, I appreciate your brother. Enjoy your drive into Pitt. Uh, enjoy the game later, and uh, we'll chat soon, buddy.
2: Yeah, you got it, Nate.
1: Thanks for having me. Of course, as always. Joe Yerdon there on our West, Star hotline. I'm just incredibly late to break. So we're going to take a timeout. And on the other side, we'll get another break in. And then we got um, Ryan Talbot, in New York Upstate. He's going to be joining us right around, right after the 12 o'clock hour. That's coming up here on WGR. T-Mobile
2: has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours.